0: Go ahead, shake that jar of sprinkles and celebrate your role as a mom. I'm Stephanie Fleece. And I'm Michelle Thornton with City Moms Blog Network. And our hope is that the next 40 minutes or so bring a smile to your face. A skip to your step. And a sprinkle or two to your mundane. This is Just Add Sprinkles, Celebrating Motherhood. A podcast by City Moms Blog Network. I Promise is sponsoring this episode of Just Add Sprinkles Celebrating Motherhood. I Promise Screen Shield Teen is a new eye vitamin from I Promise, made to improve eye health and protect young eyes from increased screen time. Stay tuned for a discount code.
1: Welcome back, everyone! It's getting to be
0: that time of year. Are you feeling it, Michelle? Oh, girl, I am feeling it. It's that time of year when. We're just done with school. Like we're done with packing lunches and doing the drop-offs and the pickups, the whiny kids who just don't want to get dressed in the morning or get out of bed. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And not to mention it's all of that,
1: but it's, it feels like May, our May calendar is so full. Oh yeah. Like it's, I think, bless the teachers, Mm. bless everybody in the community that wants to fit it all in and make it the best (laughs) May possible. The concerts
0: (laughs) and the kindergarten (laughs) commencements and the yeah everything
1: oh my gosh yeah anyway it just feels like my calendar is like gonna suck the life out of Mm -hmm. me
0: yeah and before (laughs) you know it we're gonna wake up and it's summer I mean it's just gonna fly by but it's gonna be survival mode to get there
1: (laughs) yeah totally and summer really is largely sweet There is a little bit of bitterness involved in the summer, too, because there's a lot of kid time. A lot Uh, of
0: kid time.
1: Oh, my gosh, which is awesome. But um, that's why I totally think you can't do this motherhood
0: journey alone, right? Oh, my gosh, no. You need to have other moms alongside you in your journey. Sure. Yes. Oh, totally. And that's actually a large part of the heart
1: of what City Moms Blog Network yes. does in our various communities. Uh, and so I was thrilled that the guest on today's uh, podcast is here to talk about finding your
0: healthy tribe. Yeah. Tiffany Bloom is our guest today. She's the author of two books, She Dreams and Never Alone. She's a speaker, writer, and podcast co host. And I love the title of her podcast. It's called
1: Why Though? Why Though? Why? Why Though? Oh, they cover some awesome topics. You'll totally have to check it out. Yeah, Uh, Tiffany lives in Tacoma, Washington with her husband and two sons. She has an amazing story about her own journey to motherhood. Uh, So let's just get into our conversation. Hey, Tiffany, welcome to the Just Add Sprinkles podcast. Uh, Thanks for having me. Girl, I cannot wait to pick your brain on so many different things. As I was just telling you, Uh, you have a, a very diverse platform and I and. Not just platform like your family's quite diverse so let's start with that tell us a little bit about your family
2: yes we're like the united nations walking into the grocery store it's pretty crazy so i'm east indian my husband is caucasian my oldest is ugandan and my littlest is mixed so it's uh it's quite um yeah it's quite the colors of the rainbow it's all kinds of fun Yes. And we were built by love. So my oldest um, adopted internationally and I'm adopted as well. Mm-hmm. So it's been a, it's been a journey, obviously building a family, family who's experienced trauma, but it has been one worth the fight and it has been one that we would not trade for the world, but. It is. Uh, it's no joke. That's for sure. <laughs> well, we're definitely going to show in the
1: show notes a picture of your family because you're, it's hard to describe that United Nations unless you see a picture of your family. But you're right. totally right. You, you have fun. a very diverse family. Um, and I'm sure that in not a great
2: sense, like you get all sorts of comments probably at the grocery store. Oh know? my goodness. So I used to wear my fitness tracker around my ankle. Uh-huh. <laughs> and when you do that in the summertime and people can see it and you have two kids that don't look like you in a cart, people have questions. I just oh, want to no. let you know. We oh, no. have questions <laughs> like, where'd you get those kids? Are you giving them back? And I'm like, <laughs> no, they're mine. Um, oh so it's uh, we do get all kinds of questions. And I think um, my oldest is learning how to handle. Nope. We're a family. Yes, this is my brother. Yes, we love each other. Yes, we live together no, this isn't a stepmom or no, this isn't a stepdad. So we're all learning how to navigate it. And obviously it's so sad when they're the ones dealing with most of the questions. But, oh, sure. Um, and it's interesting. We've never used the the language of adoption per se in our home. We're, nope, we're a family. Once you're adopted, yeah. that's a past tense word. Then we're just a family. We're just right. a family. We we would never obviously introduce our kids as these are my adopted children. Like that's not kosher, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's interesting now, my because Jericho we um, he joined our family at two and a half, and he's eight. Okay. And Kingston is four and a half, and um, it's been interesting when Kingston goes out and about and in preschool, and he's like, "Oh yeah, my brother's adopted." Like he just says it with such confidence. Like oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, this happens. Or in fact, we have a play date today with somebody who's also adopted with Kingston. He's like, oh, yeah, he's adopted. It's great. Everybody's adopted. You know that? Am I adopted? I was like, not exactly. Not exactly. (laughs) So,
1: Well, it is funny considering their, you know, the eight-year-old mindset and not even just your sons but his peers um I find at least with my girls that the things that are said at that age like they have no idea of social graces so they just like say it straight up totally Um, absolutely. so they'll call it as it is at least they won't just give you the side eye like they'll actually ask about it but I have to imagine that your kids get a lot of questions but it sounds like they answer
2: really confidently yeah but you're totally right no nobody is uh at 10 years old, saying it with politically correct and or graceful terms. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. Yeah,
1: I guess you have to just smile at it a little bit. But totally. um, uh, it's when you're getting those types of comments from adults. Uh, now, I, 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 want, I hate to put you on the spot a little bit, but do you have a kind of go-to response that you've given people when people make various comments about your family?
2: Oh. like, Or um, just you're a family. Yeah, I would say honestly exactly that. I said, Oh, we're a family. Yeah. And I would say my follow up, if needed, is every child deserves to be in a family, not institutionalized, but in a family. I love that. Because I think that in the adoption community, one of the bigger conversations is Is it valuable and worth it and healthy for the social and cultural identity of a child to be removed from their first culture? Mm. And while I do grieve the fact that I'm not intimately culturally Indian yeah. Um, because I was raised by white parents. I really do agree with that. And it has been an uphill battle. Adoptees are eight times more likely to struggle with anxiety, depression, suicide. I mean, I'm, I can attest that those are all true, mm. but I do believe at the end of the day, children belong in families. Yeah.
1: No, I, lo- I love that. That is a good word, friend. Uh, so, now that you've shared a little bit about your family, one of the um, messages that you speak on is the importance of building a a healthy tribe. Uh, And not only our little tribes we create in our families, but the tribe around us. And I think especially in motherhood, that's incredibly important. So can you tell us a little bit about how uh, building a tribe why it's become important for you and how it's influenced your relationships and motherhood.
2: Absolutely. I think, you know, when we were in high school or perhaps college, we were constantly around people to choose to be our friends, right? We always had choices, Mm. even middle school, elementary school on the playground. We got to see, oh, this is how this person acts. And this is how this person interacts with other people. We can kind of figure out, is this a good fit for me? But now in motherhood, it's it's where's the watering hole right if you don't if you're not the go to spin put your kids in child care child care girl or if you're not the you know go to mops type of gal or if you're not where where do you find your people and i think that in this season of life and motherhood we can often feel like man it is so hard to make friendships or other people a priority outside my family because my family requires such emotional physical most certainly financial labor yeah but really seeing I must make this a priority or I'm going to go insane. Yeah. I am literally going to go crazy. And being able to assess in every season, whether it's the newborn season, whether it's elementary, middle school, high school season, who's sitting at the table of my heart right now? If I have, let's say, you know, most of us have, we could, we probably have the capacity to keep going intimately with about five people. Right. So if we have five people at the table of our heart, who are they? And, you know, we're told in middle school and high school, we become like the five people we hang around with. And that is 100% true at every season of life. Mm -hmm. And they even say financially, you'll make on average the five couples or people that you spend the most time with. And if you really do, yeah, if you really do the math, you'll be shocked to find it's, it's pretty on point. So being able to assess in this newborn season, who who can, who can do I have enough energy to expend on? Because it is costly, right? Mm-hmm. There is emotional labor with every relationship we have. So being able to identify, who do I have time for? Who do I even want to be with? And you know what? It's usually four or five people who bubble to the top that you're like, oh, it'd be so refreshing to be with them, right? Mm-hmm. And then if you're in a season where you're like, I, I don't know, I, I feel... I feel pretty lonely. I don't feel like I have a solid tribe of people I can call. And I'm not saying these are all people who are friends with each other, by the way, because I think sometimes we glamorize, you know, sitcoms that they have all their girlfriends come over and they're all playing bunco or all having wine. Right. And they all are best friends with each other. I would love that too, but that's not my reality. Right. And I don't think for a lot of us it is. So being able to think about, you know what, it might not be in a group setting that I get to be with all these people, although that would be so sweet. Mm-hmm. but who are those people? And do I feel seen? Mm. Do I feel known? Do I feel heard? And do I feel accepted? Mm. Again, if you're in a season where you're feeling a little more lonely and you don't have the people at the table, the the rush is to feel like, oh man, I just need to go make more friends. I need to just go find more friends. But maybe we can look at the friends who we already have and promote them to a more intimate place in our lives. Mm-hmm. We've been walking with them for quite some time. We see them at the gym, or we see them at our kids' stuff. And we really have chemistry. We just haven't taken the step to go farther. Mm-hmm. And Shasta Nelson, in her book, Friendtimacy, she talks about this idea of inviting them in closer versus this idea of going out there and finding more people. That's actually more work. Mm. It's actually more work. Starting over, and you know, the dating part of friendship, starting that is a ton of work. And it's also more... Uh, intimate, vulnerable work to invite somebody closer, but it will be more rewarding and it will be sweeter when you already have a baseline friendship with that other person. So if you're thinking of those five spots at your table, who is the comforter? Who is the straight shooter? Who is the organized one? Who is uh, the one that is so loyal through thick or thin? Being able to think at the place of my heart, who can I invite in? And at the end of the day, we get one life. We get one life, we need our people, we need a tribe. Yeah. We need people that are gonna keep us sane. Our friends keep us so sane. Mm-hmm. They are able to just reverb back to us. Sometimes the things we don't see, the things we don't hear. I remember um, on my 30th birthday, I was um, out to dinner with my closest girlfriends. I think there was about eight of us at the table. Mm-hmm. And I had a word of encouragement and just a a word of gratitude for each one of them of who they had been in my life. And I do this every year at my birthday, but I'm just thanking them for who they've been in that past year Mm -hmm. and how that friendship has taught me so much. And then share a little little bit about what's going on in my life and what I'm dreaming about. And I had pitched a book proposal to a publisher and wasn't going to know if I had gotten the proposal until about ten days after my birthday. So I'm sitting so anxious, waiting to know mm. if this is gonna happen. You yeah. know, all my dreams in yeah. this bucket, hoping that I get to take that step forward. And um I was like, oh man, I just don't know. I'm just so 50-50 if it's gonna happen. I definitely feel like I put my best foot forward, but just not sure. And one of my girlfriends looked across from me and she said, It's already decided. It's already decided. Mm. If it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. And I just it's already decided. This is you do not need to fret about this. Mm. And the way she just calmed me down in that moment, mm. it was the highlight of that night. Mm. And she said it was such confidence and conviction yeah. that I was like, oh, I needed a friend to buddy up to me, look me straight in the eyes and say, hey, no, this is not, this is not how this is gonna go down. It's already decided. You get to live your life. Like, mm. enjoy this moment, carry out with your head held high. And that's what our friends do, isn't it, Stephanie? They yeah. literally are able to just sit with us because why? They see us, they know us, they hear us, and they accept us
0: mm-hmm. for
2: all that we are. And for so many of us, especially women, we feel like to be acceptable to the gen pop, we must live in a thin margin of what's culturally acceptable. Be mildly obsessed with your weight. You know, Be <laughs> care about your kids, but not to the point that you're a helicopter parent and judging other parents, and you're not a hater online. You know, be, know how to have a conversation. There's all these things. But for the majority of us, if we're struggling with something, we don't, our our people don't usually want us to struggle for too long because that's heaviness. That's a burden that we share with others. Mm. And that's hard, right? So we try to live in this thin margin of what's acceptable. But the idea of having a tribe, somebody who's going to walk with you says, I can bring all my stuff to the table, all my baggage, and you're not going to leave because our greatest fear is that we're going to be left alone to fight the hardest battles of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. So if we can come to a group of people and say, are you going to leave me? Are you going to walk away from me? Or can I? Can I bring all of this? And this is not saying that we're going to put all of our junk on our friends. We do need to be seeking emotional health. We do. If we need to get counseling, we need to go get counseling. If we need to be reading some books or in a support group, we need to be doing all of that. Again, we get one life and what we bring to the table in our friendships, with our children, with our significant others, in, in our workplaces, we want to be bringing our best life. And that requires emotional, physical, spiritual, relational, financial healing. Mm -hmm. And it will always be worth it to pursue that. So I would never want to imply that we bring just our junk and pour it on our friends and they have to deal with it because they're part of our tribe. No, we want to bring all of us. But at the same time, we're bringing all of our strengths to the table and we are able to lend strength to our dear friends when they need it. Hmm. Girl, you just brought it. There's so many things
1: that I want to talk about when it comes to friendship and building a healthy tribe and in motherhood. But I think the first point that you made is just taking initiative uh, and asking that friend to your point. I I totally agree that starting fresh with a friendship, while admittedly, for those of you strength finder lovers out there, I one of my top five strengths is woo. So I love new people. So I that does not scare me. But I think of vast majority of people starting new with someone is very hard and it takes a lot of energy. And I do agree that generally speaking to get to a somewhat deep level of friendship, it takes a couple years usually like to know your friend's middle name. I know it sounds like a really ridiculous thing, but you don't usually just talk about that at the park on your first park play date (laughs) sort of thing. Um, And so to your point though, about like starting not from totally fresh, but starting with some of those relationships that do already know some history about you um, is a really wise suggestion.
2: Absolutely. I think also never apologize for wanting friends who are running in a lane that you're running. If you're a working mom, it's probably a good idea to be around other driven women who are working. Or if you're a stay at home, but you work mom, finding other people that you can share that with. I'm not saying that's all we fill our table with, but I think it's so wise to feel like you're with people who get a certain part of you, whether it's a a strength, a weakness, a personality trait, any of the above.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It is interesting as, um, life changes seasons how friendships do kind of shift a bit and I found at least for myself that just coming to terms with that the reality is going to be that some of my friendships are going to change over the seasons and that does not mean I love them less it just means that like to your point you know maybe you're going from staying home full time but now your kiddos are in school full time and you are entering into the workplace well that's going to your capacity is going to be way less in that case Absolutely. than when you were a full-time stay-at-home mom um, or you move. I mean move long distance friendship is a huge passion of mine, but it is tough. It is right. hard work to keep those relationships. Absolutely. now, thank you, Marco Polo for that, right. Oh my gosh, I love Marco Polo. Here's a um, shout out to the Marco Polo team that developed <laughs> that made long distance friendships way easier. Oh, Absolutely. seriously, Our team is obsessed with Marco Polo. so, it's
2: so great. It's so, great. Um,
1: so other than, you know, obviously reaching out, inviting people into your life, like are there any other practical tips and suggestions that you would give of moms that are listening and saying, I don't even know what to do to get these people um in my life mm. more and to build this tribe. Do you have suggestions on that?
2: Absolutely. I think in almost every city now, due to the facebook.com, yes. there are meetups, there are village groups, there are moms groups that I think even you just gotta put yourself out there. You gotta take that first step of finding like-minded people. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's a lot like like you said, depending on your personality or if you're extroverted, introverted. That can be um, so difficult or it can be like a day at Disneyland. You know, it depends on it depends on where you fall. But looking for like minded people, putting yourself out there, starting that relationship. But I think also, again, going back to looking people who are already in your world that maybe you didn't think, oh, that's a good person to to put at my table. That's a good person that I'd like to go deeper with. And here's the thing. Most of us don't think outside of our season So we wouldn't think, oh, somebody who's 15 years ahead of me would be a great person to be a close friend because we're so used to thinking in season why we've always been siloed, whether it was elementary school, middle school, high school, Mm -hmm. college, sorority. We've always been with our age and season, but in motherhood, we don't have to live. There's no rules. There's no rules. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, one of my closest friends is 47, my esthetician, and we are the closest of friends, so I think that, um, and she's much older than me, and and she's got a twenty-year-old daughter, and mm. she she's my bosom buddy, though. So I think that we <laughs> we have to think outside. Yeah, we would to think outside of, um, outside of maybe the age or um, education level, capacity. We we would be surprised of who's somebody that would be so life giving to us, and we can be so life giving to them. Right. Because at the, here's another thing. If I have a newborn, I got to be honest. The last thing I want to do is hang out with someone who also who has a newborn.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll be just like, and crazy totally. together.
2: <laughs> totally. Which again, that's beautiful too. Right. But um, my personality would not prefer that in yes. total disclosure. Yes, for sure. Um, I think another thing in friendship that we need to Um, really keep in mind to keep it healthy and thriving Mm. is deciding how long can I go before I need to check in with these people? Mm. Because we can have these sweet friends and we have great times together. And then it's been a month and you're like, oh, is there something wrong? You know, we let ourselves go. Our insecurities get the best of us. So we need to ask ourselves and talk to our friend, hey, how often do we need to check in to keep in a good rhythm? Mm. Is it once a week? Is it once every two weeks? So once every three weeks. For some of my friends, they love to, st- to touch base with their friends three times a week. For me, just with my personality, once a week or once every two weeks, I still feel completely connected. I feel I feel like I'm hearing what they're going on and seeing what they're going on. They're hearing what's going on with me. For some friends, it's once a month. So being able to know how often do I need to, and I'm not saying we need like to have a little chart, but we can <laughs> kind of get in a rhythm of knowing like, oh, I realize if I go too long without seeing that friend, or Marco following that friend, or texting that friend, or meeting up um, for coffee with that friend—I mean, again, I have little kids. That's the last thing I'm doing. Meeting up with coffee? Are you kidding me? <laughs> but if I'm if I'm showing up and sitting on that person's couch, and I brought them coffee, and our kids are destroying a house, like how long can I go? Oh, I know. I need. I can't go longer than three weeks, or feel, or, or I just I get in a funk, and there's too much to catch up on, and we get out of a rhythm. Mm. So being able to identify. Um, when and how uh, to touch base with that person, I yeah. think is a really good way to stay connected, and then of course, you got to have boundaries with all of that. Yeah. There are times to lean in, there are times to walk away, there are times to wait it out. I mm-hmm. think that we need to be able to have safe boundaries of how much time we can give and how much time we can receive, mm-hmm. and being able to communicate that versus just ghosting somebody, yeah. Um, which takes courage, right? It's yeah. so easy to just you know, fake a death than it is to (laughs) actually have conflict and be able to have a hard conversation. But it's worth it to say, this is how much I can offer in this. Right. This is how available I am. Right. I have a lot on my plate too. You know, being able to humanize the situation.
1: Yeah. I think setting realistic expectations in everything in life is Mm -hmm. like the key to just... I don't know, just joy. I mean, everything. So I I love the idea of just straight up asking your good friends, those gals that, to your point, are at your table. Like, hey, I just, I want to know, how often is, do you prefer that we chat or connect um, for you to feel like we're at a good spot? Uh, I think that's a total. That's a great question. And then you're setting everyone's expectations um, as close to like what's realistic. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, if they were if somebody somebody were to tell me, well, I'd love to text you every day. I might literally my reality is like, yeah, I can't do that. So Sorry. (laughs) Um, And it's not because I don't love you. It's just because the reality is I probably am not going to be able to meet that expectation of yours. Yeah. <laughs> so I think having those really candid conversations is so healthy and teaching our kids like that friendship is about candor and i mm-hmm. um, talking about the hard things when maybe we've been hurt in whatever reason as well or whatever case as well um, is so good. So um, and I mean, we started this talking about building a healthy tribe. So your yeah. point, like We can't continue unhealthy relationships just because we need people around us. Right. Uh, And so that importance of healthy is really important in my mind.
2: And depending on your family of origin or if you're a people pleaser or if you are a, you know, fight, flight free, wherever you fall on the on the spectrum there, I think you have to be able to identify what do I bring to this that's maybe not healthy? Yeah. What and, and before your friends tell you would be preferable, you know? Yes. Um, yeah. Before your friends are like, hey, you really blow up when anytime I talk about X, like, that's not great, right? We want to understand that before we walk into friendship. Yes. So yeah. for example, for me, um, I people please, not because I want you to like me, but because I fear your wrath. And because mm. I don't want to deal with a fallout. So mm. okay, how to so then I have to step back and think, okay, people pleasing is never healthy. That that's something somebody else getting what they want at the expense of getting what I want,
1: hmm.
2: or what I need, or what's safe, or what's right, or what's healthy. So being able to step back and be like, I can't do that, and here's why, mm-hmm. or that's not going to work for me. And sometimes we don't even need to give an answer. You know, we don't need to explain ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we're going to talk about how hard marriage is, and you know, infertility and all of these things with these people, we can for sure talk about expectations with each other.
1: Yeah, for sure. Well, um, I do want to talk a little bit about your new ish book. It came out a couple months ago, right? Uh, she dreams live the life you're created for. Uh, I want you to speak specifically to how having a healthy tribe allows you to dream because I think that's so, at least it's true for me.
2: Yes, I have several chapters on how friendships in your tribe are actually one of the biggest determinants if we reach our dreams. Mm. And the reason is this, we there is no self-made woman. There's none. No, there's none. There's not we're all one. on each other's n- shoulders. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And we're all in each other's shadow. Yeah. So as we move forward and we reach these beautiful, great, big things, there are women and men to the left and right of us who are part of our tribe that helped us get there emotionally relationally with their connections, with their resources. Uh, we, we never arrive alone. So being able to invite the strength of others, as well as be in the shadows and be on the sides and shoulders and, and you know, holding hands to the left and to the right of all those Mm -hmm. friends. That is what makes a life. Because at the end of the day, it is awesome to reach our dreams. It is awesome to do that. But I'll tell you what, the relationships we make on the way there and the relationships that are deepened on the way there, because we leaned into our people, Mm -hmm. I believe is one of the greatest gifts of pursuing our dreams. I think, you know, you look at, Um, Everybody from Margaret Thatcher to Julia Child to uh, even Ruby Bridges, I I have so many different women I highlight in She Dreams who were the underdog. And it was always their friends, their tribe, their people who really were like, no, you got this. You can do this. I'm with you every step of the way. So it's Mm -hmm. really a beautiful thing when you not just look into the woman or man who has quote unquote made it, but when you look at everyone who helped them get there. Oh,
1: for sure. I cannot agree more. Uh, I I think, unfortunately, anyone that would get to fulfilling their dreams and having sacrificed all of their relationships, I think all of them would say it wasn't worth it.
2: Totally. No one likes a bulldozer.
1: No, no. And uh, you get to, you know, age 80 and now you don't have any friends. (laughs) Like, yeah, you fulfilled your dreams. Well, good for you. You, But you missed out on so much goodness in life. Absolutely. Uh, So... Well, I, I love that. Um, and I love all of these, this insight that you've shared with us on building a healthy tribe. Um, Tiffany, thank you so much for sharing your insight. Um, what I want to end with uh, is a quick Just Add Sprinkles mom poll that we do at the end of each Ooh. of our episodes. So I've got three Fine. questions for you. Um, no shame in any answer. You just straight <laughs> up tell me what your answer is and we'll link to everything in the show notes. So, okay. I, so, I
2: love being put on the spot. So this is fun for me. Okay, well Hard.
1: Um, (laughs) The first question is: What's a great book, movie, or show that you recently discovered?
2: Recently discovered. Yeah. I love. I mean, I don't know how appropriate this is for the. This is why I said no
1: shame. So just okay. Okay.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I love *Patriot Act* by Hassan Minaj on. Netflix. He talks about social political current issues. Okay. Um in a way that is both funny, interesting and in 21 minutes.
1: Oh my gosh. I re- imagine me running to my Netflix right now. It
2: is it is amazing. I'm
1: totally going to check it out. That's awesome. Uh okay, next question is what is the last thing that you ordered on Amazon? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Do you really want to know? Yes! Weed killer. Weed killer. <laughs> you can
1: buy anything on amazon it's lovely you really
2: will well, when you price match it with Lowe's, it's so much cheaper i'm it, like i will wait two days than drive five minutes to Lowe's i to save twelve dollars
1: oh bless amazon it is the best gift to moms yeah, it really is <laughs> that's awesome uh okay well i'm gonna ask you to share your weed killer length with with us, oh and we'll gosh, include it in serious? the show notes okay, because you know what? Somebody out there is like, I need some weed killer, and I'm not going to drive to Lowe's either. So they're going to oh buy my it gosh, based on your recommendation. So okay. Uh, okay. The last suggestion or last question, rather, is how are you celebrating motherhood these days?
2: Mm, honestly, I am celebrating motherhood by giving myself room to grieve the hard parts. Mm. I am an optimist to the core, and I am so intentional about finding healing for the broken pieces of life and for Mm -hmm. the broken pieces of family. And I'm in full disclosure, parenting a traumatized child who was adopted at two and a half from a third world country. Yeah. And making room to grieve the hard parts, making room to grieve when he can't function in a group setting because of certain past experiences and making room to grieve when he struggles at night or when he struggles with attachment. I think yeah, Making room to Grieve. Even this morning before this podcast, I just gave myself some time just mm. in pure silence. He's already at school. Mm. Um, my husband took a little man to a chiropractic appointment with me, with him. And I just had my journal and I had a cup of tea and just made room to say this was hard. Mm. And I want to find some breakthrough in this. I want to find some healing in this because this doesn't have to be our life. Mm.
1: Well, I love that you, in answering a question about celebration, you celebrated like something that was hard and that truly is the heart of this podcast is being able to say like there is celebration that can be found even in the hard parts of our lives Uh, and leaning into that grief and leaning into the hard um, rather than ignoring it is um, it really is beautiful um, in the long run so uh, Tiffany it's been a pleasure so good to talk to you thanks so much
2: thank you for having me it's been a joy
0: Okay, well, that is amazing. Tiffany is remarkable. Yeah, she
1: had so many great truth bombs about <laughs> building a healthy tribe uh, around you as a mom.
0: Yeah, especially. I love the part about your kind of virtual table who you have mm-hmm. invited. So, Steph, I'm curious, can you tell me and um, we can call let's call them out by name, uh, yeah. three or four women that are at, at your table.
1: Yeah. So, I, I think what was fascinating about the kind of insight that she shared was how each person brings something unique to the table and obviously having like the identical person in six different spots around the table, isn't going to add as much value to your life as say having like a pretty hodgepodge of like people. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I mean, I will definitely say that, Michelle, you're one of my people at my table. You are my veteran eight on the Enneagram. (laughs) You're like my one of my only eight friends. And so um, it is um, unusual uh, for someone like me with a career um, and a decent amount of professional drive uh, to be able to find somebody that is equally matched in professional drive as well as our interest in our personal lives. So, um, and you can tell me how it is straight. I do. I appreciate she, she, girl. That. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've also got um, a local friend here, um, Carrie, who's a newer friend of mine, but um, our kids go to the same school, and so th- our paths cross a lot. Uh, we have a lot of just similar interests. Uh, our um, husbands are friends and Anyway, she just really inspires me in a lot of ways. She'd be at my virtual table. Um, I've got Beth, who works for me, but also has become a dear, dear friend. Um, And similar to Michelle and I, as I's friendship, we share some commonality in um, our personal interests, but also our professional aspirations. Uh, And then lastly, a good friend, Neely, um, mm-hmm. that has sat at my virtual table since college. Uh, she inspires me to be creative, to think outside of the box, um, and to really care about people. So uh, there's plenty of other people at my virtual table, um, including mentors and um,
0: just a lot of other people. But that those are a few people that come to mind. How about you? I love that. Well, a year at my table too. I mean, and I'm not just saying that because you just said that to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course you are. But you're at my table and you know you're at my table because you are definitely in my inner circle of confidants, someone I can call just to talk about, you know, something that's happened or um, bounce things off of. And we've always been that for each other. We've always yeah. had these good conversations about dreams and aspirations and challenging one another. And it's always been so good mm. to have that. And also the history because now yeah. it's been many years. So yeah, it's good to have that. Um, Yeah. And that's one of the things that she said in our interview
1: that I found to be really interesting is to start with the people that are in your life. Like if you're not sure who's around your table, rather than go out to find new people, while that's not a (laughs) bad word against new people, it's that like having history with someone definitely helps like as you're building onto a relationship. For sure.
0: So another person at my table is my friend, Kristen, and she is just a wise person. (laughs) She's Hmm. so smart. And I feel like I can ask her advice or opinion on anything, anything, politics, religion, motherhood. And she always just has something great to share. And she also uh, has insight into my life uh, on an intimate level with some of my struggles and um and our families are very close and so she's definitely um part of my tribe mm-hmm. and um and then Leanne who's my business partner and um partner in uh comedy crime <laughs> <laughs> um and we started off as just kind of you know just doing a fun thing together and it turned into a business and our, and then it turned and through the process just our friendship deepened so much and we spend a lot of time together cuz we work together and um our kids are best friends and so we just spend a lot of time together and and humor is such a great thing that's really helped us through some hard times um you know mm-hmm. she lost a baby last year and um that was hard for both of us um obviously more for her um but just the strength of our friendship and having that go-to person to be able to come in and help when you're in a time of need is definitely mm-hmm. Definitely something um, that's so important. And the last person I'll put at my table is my friend, Elena. She's a two, just like you, on the Mm -hmm. Enneagram. And she's just- We are God's people. Oh, you're such God's (laughs) people. Seriously. I don't know what I'd do without Elena. Everyone is God's people. Yeah, Elena's like the one who, you know, she'll text you and she's like, how are you doing today? And be like, oh, I have a little cold or I'm under the weather. All of a sudden, she's at your door with chicken soup. And you're like, whoa, where'd you come from? (laughs) (laughs) She's just, uh, boots on the ground, just wants to serve and wants to- make sure everyone's happy. And but you know, it's genuine to your, yeah. it's a, she's a good friend too. So mm, it's just, and these this. are all moms who I love, you know, watching how they raise their kids and being, having honest conversations about that as well. And I, I don't know what I'd do without my tribe. You mm-hmm. know, I just, yeah. it, it's so important and you know, Steph, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, but also it's important to pursue people, mm-hmm. um, you know, to see someone that you value who they are or how they're doing life and and pursue that friendship and mm-hmm. um, really make an effort um, mm-hmm. and, and, and invite people in, to your table. Yeah. Like you were saying, yeah. history is important, but sometimes you need to start somewhere, you know? Yeah. And yeah, just um, send out an invitation,
1: put yourself out there. Yeah. 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 I think that's so true. Well, I also find it really interesting that both of our tables for the most part don't have a lot of overlap with one, uh, with each other. Um, well, not our, our tables don't have a lot of overlap, obviously, but um, even the people at each our tables. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, One of the things Tiffany mentioned that I found really intriguing is that, you know, I think all of us have in our minds that if we find this group of friends that we're all going to hang out with all the time and do life with, then we'll have our tribe. Uh, Well, what if that's not the case? Like, what if that isn't what is true of for most people when it comes to healthy tribes and friendships? And uh, what if you kind of cherry pick People to sit at your table, but they still add just as much value as if you all were hanging out all the time. So yeah. just yeah, a lot to think about. That's
0: great. That's a great point, Steph, because so many times we sometimes think of mom tribes as mom cliques. Yeah. And so if you can't get in that click, and they're a tribe and they kind of herd around together mm-hmm. and I don't know that that's always healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that there are some healthy tribes like that out there, Yeah. but I think, you know, we need to look outside of, you know, as outside of that and being exclusive, but being inclusive yeah. of, um, of moms and, and just, yeah. Cause there's people on my, at my table that really don't spend any time with the other people, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's not, yeah. Mine too. Yeah. yeah. It's re- it, It's just
1: fascinating. But I think anytime that we limit ourselves because we think that there's only one way to do something, uh, it is, can be, Incredibly detrimental, for sure. Um, because then you don't do anything because you're you think it only can be done one way, right? Exactly.
0: I love that, which isn't the case. Yeah. All right. Well, Steph, I have a question for you. This is a little. We're changing. We're changing gears here. Okay. Um, Tell me. Let's talk about your kids. You know, we talked at the top of the podcast about um summer is coming, mm-hmm. and um that means our kids are going to be home. And I don't know if you're um, if you do this, but my te- my kids do tend to have a little bit more screen time in the summer
1: mm-hmm.
0: because mama needs a break. Um, But do you set a limit on your kids screen time? I do. Um,
1: I mean, as much as I would love to not feel guilty giving them eight hours of screen time. (laughs) um, But of course I do. I I don't want their eyes turning into squares. (laughs)
0: Um, You know, what? we do have a sponsor today. That's we want to talk about now. And they care about those little eyes too. That's right. I Promise is the sponsor for this episode of Just Add Sprinkles Celebrating Motherhood. And a new eye vitamin from I Promise called Screen Shield Teen is made to improve eye health and protect young eyes from increased screen time. And it's suitable for ages 4 to 18.
1: Yep, it's once a day fruit punch flavored, chewable, and designed to help support your child's vision from the inside out.
0: Yeah, the key ingredient of this vitamin is zeaxanthin, zeaxanthin, say that 10 times fast, (laughs) a potent nutrient that acts as a powerful barrier between our source of vision in the back of the eye and a harmful oxidants that can damage our long-term vision. And this nutrient can also protect our kids' vision from the effects of screen time.
1: So you can learn more at ipromise.com. and our just add sprinkles listeners will get $5 off one bottle of I promise screen shield teen using the coupon code S S T five. That's S S T five. So thank you so much for listening friends Uh, until next time. Don't forget to celebrate the little things that happen every day in motherhood and just add sprinkles.
0: For show notes and more information on this episode of Just Add Sprinkles Celebrating Motherhood, please visit CityMomsBlogNetwork.com. There you can find more information on our topic, our guest, and our hosts. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to give a review wherever you listen to podcasts so we can keep encouraging moms to celebrate motherhood and Just Add Sprinkles.